Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast in association with Acorns Children's Hospice. Cole Petum here. As always, and of course, we're bringing you the latest episode that's a little bit delayed. Um, of course, West Ham on the Sunday, Southampton on the Friday. We thought we'll we'll put this out on the Wednesday and kind of mesh them together. Four losses on the bounce for Villa. So we thought, let's talk about the wider uh, problem as a whole. And of course, today I'm joined by Seb Bacon and the returning Danny Raza. Yes, he's still alive. So for the Danny Raza fans, he is back and he's he's well because he knows what I'm talking about. So now he's laughing at me. But anyways, uh, let's go over to the guys first. Seb, how's it going? Yeah, on the Villa front, not great. But, you know, another game on on Friday night, the first of the weekend. So if Villa do do badly, then they can ruin my weekend before it's even begun. Um, first away game of the season for me. So hopefully I can bring some some sort of good omen. But yeah, not much to look forward to right now, other than the fact that the games are rolling across thick and fast. Absolutely. And of course, the man, the myth, the, the legend that it's hard to get on these days, Mr. Danny Raza. How's it going? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Listen, I'm just, uh, just been busy. Just had a lot of weekends away. Been moving around, moved back up to Manchester, had a few weekends outside of Manchester. So I've just not had, I've just can't be carrying my podcast mic around with me all the time. Things massive. So uh yeah, no, I'm just I've been I've been I've been wanting to get on a Hulkcast for a while. You know, I have really, really missed chatting about Villa because let's be honest, there's a lot of um there's a lot of trauma that I need to talk through, and I can't do that in a healthy way without the whole cast uh <laughs> let's let's be completely let's be completely real i've been popping back into the office and stuff as well as you know i work in sports news um people have been asking me Big about show. and i'm just like come on come on man. people talking about dean smith do you think he should go and i'm just like i don't know what to think for to keep villa compartmentalized outside of my mind sometimes uh but it's it's turning out the villa is the greatest soap opera in the premier league at the moment so, uh, yeah, I saw more on that a little bit later on. But uh, Courtney Howe's rapper, footballer, entertainer. <laughs> icon. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just thinking <laughs> one of those icon hats now. But nonetheless, of course, yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of to give you guys kind of a forecast of what you're going to expect in this episode. We're going to mesh West Ham into Southampton, as I kind of mentioned before a little bit. So we'll kind of go back and forth. There's not really any order, but there are a lot of talking points that we can bring up that are, it's just going to blend everything together. Cause there's a lot of issues with Villa um, me myself. Um, when I look at Villa right now, and if my girlfriend was here, I would let her speak on the mic of how I was after that game on Sunday, because I was basically uh, leaning over with my hands in my palms, wondering what the hell is going on. Cause it feels like the 1920 season all over again. And Danny knows more than anybody, the amount of podcasts and content we put out that season, especially during project restart, the misery, I am not going through that again. I refuse to go through that again. And if there's another lockdown and there's games every two days, 
I might literally go insane. But anyways, there isn't that, but there is games coming thick and faster villa of course so danny i'll pop it over to you because i i know your thousands of fans want to probably hear from you first on this where do you sit going from west ham into southampton i think that's a good point to start so i'll give you that one take it away my friend dean smith the first time that i doubted him was the season when he got relegated covid happened and i was still in a couple, I was still in two minds around then. I was thinking, even if we go down, Dean Smith's the guy to kind of bring us back up. So that's cool, right? At that time, we weren't playing great football, but you know what? We had somewhat of a unit. We had, you know, somewhat of a team that you thought, you know, was improving. You knew there was a project, all of that. First season back, you can accept that. As it stands, our defence pulled through. Last season, our defence pulled through on, on many, of, many occasions as well. Of course, we had Jack Grealish as well. Um, doing big things towards the end of the season, he wasn't even the main guy at Villa. You know, there were there were players performing better than him. You thought, okay, cool, the team's finally started to kind of get together. With this season, the way that it started, there have been difficult things for Dean Smith to deal with. Craig uh, Craig Shakespeare, obviously, is the assistant manager now. We've got um, Austin McPhee, and we've got um, Aaron Danks. Aaron Danks. Aaron Danks. As a, as a coach, but we, we have lost Trent Terry and we have lost Richard O'Kelly. And it's, you know, obviously very, very important to start your season fully set. And both those guys leaving early early on in the season or close to the, se- yeah, close to the start of the season, very, very difficult thing for, for a coach to deal with and kind of work through. Um, then you've got the fact that Bailey's been injured. You've had times where Buendia hasn't been available for selection. Martinez as well. You know, not massive things, but we've never seemed to have had a fully fit team since the season started. We thought with that hundred million pound investment that we finally got a team together, but again, just it has not has not worked out. What's worried me as of late, and I'm and I'm aware this is a bit of a tangent, but it's all relevant and it and it all sort of shapes it because I think I think there is an issue with fans where where people kind of snap judgments, snap judgments. We've got to look at everything into context. There have been those difficulties. But the things that worried me about Dean Smith, and I always hoped um, he would learn as a Premier League manager, were the type of substitutions to make when you're losing, the type of substitutions to make when things aren't going your way, um, using different systems or different approaches to different teams. We have a new formation in the 5-3-2. It was great to see that implemented and work a couple of times, but then he attached himself to it and used it against teams where he shouldn't have used it against, like Arsenal. Instead of going at them, we decided that we were going to absorb them. And since that game, it's turned out that pretty much every game, we're struggling to get barely two shots in in the first half. And then in the second half, there's a rally and the team starts playing well. You ask questions then. What's, what's cha- what changes in 15 minutes is that they had a rollicking. Is that a surprise though, Danny? Minutes. Sorry to cut you off though, because I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk in a second. But yeah, we've, it's fine. Kind it's of, fine. we've seen this every season the Premier League under Dean Smith to be honest it mm. w- I mean there's some games where we're basically on it for 80 minutes or 70 but a rare very rarely especially the first season we came back up have we really ever had a complete game it's either one half or really the other and that was probably the biggest criticism I can remember you me and James mm. at the time discussing but anyways carry on no no it's true it's true it's true but you know I think it seemed to it seemed to start getting better last year right and then you think you've got a, we've got a proper defensive unit as well that 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 works well with each other. Target was like player of the season for us last year, right? 
Mings and Konza impenetrable. Matty Cash. By the way, I don't really have a bad word to say about Matty Cash. He makes a few rash decisions sometimes, but I actually really like him. I haven't got an issue with the way he's performed this season, to be honest with you. Um, but the defence as a whole now just seems to be able to get walked through. There's, they're panicking all the time. Where's the mentality? Where's the winning mentality? Why, why is it that every time the team walks out now and on, on the pitch in the first half, the other team seems like they want it more? Where's the camaraderie? Where's the fighting for the shirt? Where's the, you know, why, why is the manager having to, having to publicly come out and say it's the player's fault now? Because even he's baffled. Even Smith's baffled by the fact that we're performing like that, like we're like we are. I don't know if you can pick an eleven and and it performs differently because something something has massively kind of gone wrong at the moment behind the scenes, by the looks of it, because those players should not be coming out there and performing like that. Because we've seen it now, whatever whatever system Smith puts out, they're just not getting the shots in the first half. We always seem to be the other team. And that, that really does worry me. So has Dean Smith lost the dressing room? I don't know. Do I think Dean Smith should get sacked? I've got a variety of different things, which I won't go into just yet, on, on, on why I worry if that happens. I think really for the sake of all Villa fans, for the sake of the club, things just start getting better with the players you know, suck up whatever issues they have with each other and, and start performing again and understand you know, what it means to be a Villa player and what it means to wear that shirt. Because at the moment... Performance has been pretty pathetic, and it, and 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 it's honestly, it's embarrassing for the fans more than anything. Yeah, it, the, this is the one thing, and I've been thinking about this for a few weeks. Um, it, I'm not, I'm almost not really surprised with how it's going. If you look at last season, as soon as Grealish got hurt, and then we kind of went through that up and down patch where it was we might nick a one nil or it was a nil nil draw. I think it was like the Brighton result and maybe against Leeds as well. There's a few other ones in there. Um, he comes back of course, and we beat Spurs and Chelsea to wrap up the season. But at that point, Chelsea or Spurs are already in a mess um, under Ryan Mason as interim. And then you look at Chelsea, their mind is in the champions league final already. So it didn't really mean anything to them. And, for us, it was more so to get to that 50-point mark, and I felt like those two games didn't really mean much, and before that, we were in a lull, and now it just feels like we're back in it. And the one thing that I have the biggest issue with, and I think I, and we all knew it was coming eventually, the, the whole thing of your captain is a Villa fan, your head coach is a Villa fan, that good feel, the close-knit group, at some stage, the expectations are kind of going to outweigh that good feeling and it's happening now we lost our villa fan captain to manchester city now what you would probably say is dean smith's arguably for some fans the one card or one bullet in the chamber is now gone then you look at o'kelly leaving then you look at terry leaving and then we bring in two other coaches which obviously i don't think a lot of us fans really know much about except for a little brief kind of description of what they might give on a match day in terms of you're watching on TV or in a program or whatever. So we don't really know what kind of close knit or what kind of connection they bring between players and the relationships there. So I don't really want to say it's not the same as it would be with O'Kelly or Terry, but it just, something doesn't seem right. And it's, I'm not saying it's the same as the 15, 16 season, but I'm getting major vibes of just, that kind of togetherness isn't there anymore but 
at the end of the day, it's about results and we need to start picking them up. So Seb, I'll spin something a little bit different to you and we'll stick on kind of the, maybe the Dean Smith kind of theme right now. And then we can move on from that. Cause I don't want to make it all about him because at the end of the day, it does fall on these players too. What do you make of his decisions right now? I guess if you want, we can kind of speak about um, Ashley Young playing center mid and, um, the three or five of the back moving back to the back four and um, sitting Mings against, of course, West Ham. And now he's going to have to come back in with Konza being red card and obviously missing a game. What do you make of all this? A mess. A big, big mess. <laughs> Good summary. Um, I mean, I mean, Danny summed it up to a T, to be honest. Um, things look out of shape at the moment. And I think that's putting it quite nicely, you know, you know things are going wrong when your captain's being dropped. Like that is a big statement to make. And dropping Mings, although although something had to change, I don't think that was the right decision to make. I feel as though Mings has a mistake in him, but I feel as though he offers a lot more than our other centre backs do at the moment. And I mean, just all over the pitch, really, we just look out of sorts. We don't look with it. I remember sitting here just before the international break I think it was just before the international break going this has come at the perfect time for us because of all the changes that happened in pre-season and how disjointed it was we sort of discarded the first part of the season got to the international break and thought right we can build on this now we can get our players back from injuries we can start building a chemistry on the pitch we can start implementing these new coaches in and we can start building for the future and since we've come back from the international break I believe we've played three games conceded three to Wolves three to Arsenal and four to West Ham so it's almost got worse in time and obviously you know things are going wrong off the field I think Smith has become a bit more unwilling to say his real thoughts in his press conferences um I believe things are going on in the changing rooms. You know, there's always rumours about Sanson and other players like that being unhappy. Um, it's a really difficult one to put your finger on because you can't see these players every single day like the backroom staff can. And look, there's fights in every football club and I'd hope there would be if they were on bad form like we are. You know, these things go on every day, but it's not often you see them frequently on the pitch I think I've I've noticed it it happened against Arsenal it's now happened against West Ham um and yet yeah, things look sour at the moment and I think that's I think that's shown within the crowd I think West Ham there was support for Dino in the in the stands uh, there was overwhelming support even up until the 90th minute but it felt sort of somber not not down to hate towards the players or anything like that but I feel more bewilderment as to what could have possibly gone wrong in such a short space of time and people may come up with many answers as to what they believe would be the solution to get us back on the right track but you know all these solutions come with risks attached and that's what the club will be looking at behind the scenes is what solutions they can take to get us back on track that will have the least almost ramifications in the long term because it's all well and good 
it's all well and good seeing our performances on the pitch and going, these aren't good enough. Something has to change. But actually putting your finger on what has to change, now that's where the money is in football and that's where Christian Perslow, et cetera, et cetera, and the people higher up will be earning their money because they've got some big decisions to make, not necessarily with the manager, but with the football club as a whole at the moment to make sure that it stays on our upward trajectory and that, you know, we've become a little derailed, but short, short-term fixes aren't the solution. We need to keep the whole picture in mind. Yeah, massively. And the one thing I kind of find interesting, like, as a fan base, and I mean, I feel like every fan base can say that, especially on social media, it can get very negative. And I haven't really been on Twitter too much probably the last few weeks, maybe here and there, mainly just for the website itself and for the podcast. Um, it is a little bit of a cesspit right now. I'll, I'll admit that because at times it was and has been in the past. Um, the one thing that I, I'm a little, I understand why people want to throw the blame at Dean Smith or X, Y, and Z person, individual, whatever in the club to some extent, but no one really talks about Everton who have lost three in a row right now or had kind of a similar start to us a little bit better. Obviously I think they're sitting like 10th or 11th right now. And I honestly, I think we're what, like a few points off of like eighth or something. Like it's really congested. Of course, we don't want to be as close as we are. Um, to the relegation zone as well. So it's just kind of that fine line where maybe we're reading into it a little bit right now, but Daniel, I'll spin it back to you. If, if we look at that West Ham game on its kind of own in an isolated incident, what's the one thing I guess from all the other games that we've kind of learned about this team the most, I would say. Um, it could ooh. be good or bad. I would say. Well, I, I know what the good one is, but I'll let you figure that out for yourself. They're just, I just think they're fragile. If if you would like to walk into a match against Villa and take the win, just have a go. I feel like it's always been a bit of a case, and you always feel like that about your team. But honestly, they're just fragile, dude. Like, and it's honestly right now, it's hard to be proud of the team because it just feels like we've got a big losers mentality in there. Really does, you know the the two nil the two nil um when we were two nil up against Wolves and lost that three two. Man, I was, I wasn't even angry. I was just embarrassed by it. I was just embarrassed by it. I got second hand second hand embarrassment, you know. And it's like we're walking out every game, and you know, yeah, you know. I again, like I said, I said, I said to my girlfriend that day, you know, when we're watching, you know, when West Ham was on. I was like, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be paying too much attention because we've lost this game from the get-go. That's the first time I felt like that in such a long time. It's the first time, you know, other than Man City, like those kinds of games, it's the first time I've had Villa go out there against like a supposedly mid-table Premier League team. They're not mid-table because they've obviously been brilliant this season, but they were in the same position as we were. So I don't understand why we're not doing as well as them. Um, But you know, I said, look, we've, we've lost it completely from the get-go. And I knew it. the body language of the boys immediately is like, we're on the back foot. Um, you know, when we get a, when we get an attack, you know, it doesn't look threatening. We're just kind of going through the motions. This is it. We're going through the motions. That is the, that is the big thing. We're going through the motions. But I think more than, more than anything is that we're fragile. You can guarantee if you attack Villa, there will be a defensive error. Because for some reason or another, 
Villa are just not as switched on as any other team in the Premier League. You know, they're more talented than Norwich, which is why we're above them. More talented than than some than a lot of the other teams who are below us. Um, but the thing is, at the end of the day, if you're not switched on, if you're not playing, if you're not playing to hundred percent, if you're if you haven't got the chemistry with your teammates, then I'm sorry, you just it's just not going to work out in the Premier League. We've seen that in the past. But also, we've got to be careful not to switch into the same um, mentality as everybody else. We've already seen Munoz sacked from Watford. You know, for what you know. Having a having a not amazing run with a with a team that's just got promoted. We've seen Steve Bruce get sacked, you know, and the next manager that comes in will undoubtedly, you know, perform better than him because he will have more money than Bruce when it comes to January. Um, and then you've got Nuno Espirito Santo, who's just been sacked from Tottenham. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? I think they where where are Spurs in the table right now? Let me just have a quick look, right? I think they're like what mid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What they're like ninth in the table with ten games in. I mean, come on, it's mad. It's crazy. You, you make so it to one. Jump. You make it to one Champions League final, and apparently you should be there every year. So you know exactly, exactly. So all I'm saying is, despite everything that's going on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that Spiffen is to get the sack. But I am very, very worried. I'm not happy with the way we're playing. It reminds me of, as you say, 2015, 2016. Just. It, it, you find it hard to support the team sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Not support the team itself. But you find it hard to support the players sometimes because you wonder to yourself, why are you arguing with each other? Why aren't you just, you know, playing to the best of your ability? Because we've seen how great Villa can be when they do. And then you see someone like Leon Bailey come on and, you know, put his absolute heart into it. And then players like that, they will lose their motivation because the guys around them aren't performing to the same uh, to, 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 you know, performing the same ability. I think, Cole, I think it might have been you that mentioned it to me before. Like last season when Grealish was playing, he always had Matty Target to the left. It might have been someone else who mentioned this. But he always had Matty Target to the left, like overlapping him, giving, you know, giving him support. Whereas now everybody seems miles apart. We've seen it before, miles apart. There's never a pass, in, uh, pass to look for. You get about three together before it gets intercepted. And it's just the silly mistakes. It's the basic errors that... That just you know completely put you off it because it's not a case of us being outplayed; it's a case of us not playing at all. Yeah, and I, I think in particular, if you look at Maddie Target, and I said this before, um, Grealish covered up. I think a lot of his faults as a left back. I think, and I think that's why he had such a good rise last season. Maybe he's still carrying a niggle. Something's going on. I don't know, um, or maybe he's just playing poorly, which I kind of feel like it's that one. Um, I, I look at players like that in particular, and for me, it's just it, it's frustrating because I mean, um, we kind of already brought it up a little bit, but you keep him on, and then you bring on Ashley Young for Jacob Ramsey and play him at center mid because it kind of worked against Brentford, and we got a point out of it. That doesn't make sense. But the one thing I did want to say, and I don't know, I don't really want to talk about it, and it's it's really pe- pessimistic. But my greatest fear is if this this gets dragged out through Southampton, Brighton, and Palace, and say say we draw against Southampton, say we lose to Brighton and we beat Palace, so four out of nine. It So-so, I guess. Um, and maybe good, considering where we are right now. Who knows? And how well some of those sides are playing right now. My biggest fear is if we go into that Man City game and we're still 15th or whatever, and we lose it badly, and you have the return of Grealish, it's going to get 10 times more toxic just because of that. 
That think, is my biggest fear. I think talking about toxicity, I think let's just, you know, let's put this straight right now. Southampton, Brighton Palace. Brighton and Palace obviously have been in great form. Mm-hmm. Personally, don't care because, because Villa should be aiming to be there. You know, I don't think the owners care. I don't think the owners care that Brighton are playing well. I don't think the owners care that South, that, that Crystal Palace 100%. are playing well. Right. End of the day, right? You go into those three games, we don't, and we get, we only get three, you know, if we only get three points out of them, you know, if we don't get a win and a draw out of those games, Smith's gone. Honestly, goodbye. Right. Smith's gone. Right. I'm not sure about Shakespeare. If Shakespeare takes charge after that, would he get the job? No. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about him, by the way, because when when Ranieri uh, got sacked at Leicester, all that stuff came out. It came out, didn't it? About you know, I don't want to go there. But no, it, go there. I don't, go I, don't, there. I, don't, I think I think you need to go there. I don't. I don't I'm intrigued. I don't, quite, I don't quite know what the atmosphere was like because I know that Shakespeare and you know some of the players were quite you know vocal about Ranieri, you know, having to go. I don't know. Um, Plus, he's not good. He's not good enough for the Premier League in terms of being a manager. So, yeah, you know, we saw reports of Fonseca being uh, being sounded out. Like it or not, Villa have lost four in a row. Four in a row? Is it four? Yeah. Yeah. Four in a row. We're already in danger season. Villa, Villa have the team. They have the players to, to dig themselves out. But next couple of games, Southampton and Brighton, we don't pick up any points there. There is no way. There is no way the owners are accepting six straight defeats. That is just not. That is just not allowed. That's eighteen points dropped. That's zero out of eighteen points. He's gone if yeah. that happens. So just let's put that straight. Unless the players buckle themselves together, bro. Smith's Smith's already on his way out. Well, I mean, this is this is a, the greatest danger, and I don't really want to talk about Dean Smith being sacked too much because he's still in the job, and I'm going to back him until he's gone. He's our manager. You have to. Um, to a certain extent, the the one thing that I look at the most about this whole situation is now that we have Southampton and then it's international break. A lot of people are reading into that, and I I do a little bit because it does give you that window to make changes. I just I, I I don't like the amount of pressure going into the Southampton game, and I mean it is what it is. I mean we have to take that pressure and make a diamond out of it, I guess at this point, but Seb, I, I want to spin something a little bit different to you and hopefully we can be slightly positive. Cause I don't want to be negative, negative, negative here going into Southampton. Now we've seen four at the back. We've seen one up front, Ollie Watkins scored one could have had a second and who knows what that would have kind of done afterwards to the mentality of the players and all that kind of stuff going into this game. What do you expect us to maybe not kind of how we stack up in terms of formation, but what do you expect from the mindset of the players and just kind of going into that game as a whole? I think they need to rally around each other. I think it's quite quite simple, really. Um, it'll be interesting to see the team selection because I said this the year we came up. I said this last year. You could notice the difference. The, the first year we came up, we experimented at the back. I think Konza had a bit of time in the team with Mings. Engels had a bit of time in the team with Mings. Then we went to a five at the back and all, all this pressure was piled on our defensive worries and Smith was changing it here, changing it there, seeing if he could come up with a solution, but he just couldn't find anything. And then as soon as we find a stable back four, 
uh, post-COVID where we came back and last season, our defence improves. Now, some people might put that down to John Terry and some people might put that down to whatever else. But I genuinely think stability has a massive part to play. The more that those four players play together, the more likely they are to form a bond on the pitch and be able to form to perform to the best of their abilities. So I think we stick at the back with four at the back now. We did it against West Ham. Obviously, I'm hoping Mings will come back into the team. And then with Concer out injured, it's toss up between House and Twanzebe. Uh out injured, suspended. Uh it's toss up between House and Twanzebe. Our midfield as well, that's been chopped and changed. Um, and with Ramsey now out, then we have something else to contemplate going into it. We need to find some sort of stability and soon, because that's ultimately what I believe will keep Smith in his job. If he finds a stable starting 11 and a starting 11 that he can trust, then I think those players will perform for him. Maybe the players need a confidence boost. And that's what Smith does best. Smith is a man manager. He knows how to get the best out of players. He knows how to raise their morale if needed. So that's down to Smith now to get them rallying and to get them playing as a unit again. Because at the moment, we've been playing as a group of talented players instead of a team. There's a difference between a group and a team. A group is a number of talented individuals that are playing football at once a team is a team that can gel and will perform better we saw with Sheffield United the first season they came up they played as a team and look where it got them and then suddenly they made some big signings and and look where they are now so we have to find stability and I think I think the coming games will be telling for Smith um I think the last time we lost five in a row was 2012 I don't think we lost five in a row the year we went down so you know, that is a big sign whether you like it or not. And yeah, I th- I think although we try not to be too too down and too gloomy, I think the next few weeks will be absolutely crucial for this football club. I think as well, the, f- the thing is, it doesn't feel like it's been four defeats because I don't think any of us genuinely believe that Villa are in danger of going down. Now, obviously it can happen. We know it can happen. We saw 15-16. But I think we're all just a bit baffled because we know that We've seen this team play really well this season. We saw us beat Manchester United. We saw us beat Everton. We saw us, you know, we went two it up against Wolves. We were cruising. Like, we've seen this team perform well. So, but what's happening is every game, we're pretty much seeing a bad defensive error, which, which teams in the Premier League don't make. Because it's just, in your as a professional footballer at that top level, you just don't do those things. Right, it's almost the things that you that you don't do sometimes which will win you games, and it's just a case of what on earth. You know, it's one of those things where if Villa are attacking, you don't expect the opposition to ever do that. You don't expect Villa to go up against Southampton this weekend and one of the Southampton, you know, defenders to just you know make a silly silly touch in the penalty area, make a silly foul in the penalty area, or you know, for the goalkeeper to kind of miss a shot from like 50 yards out you don't expect anything like that to happen so so why is it a, why is it a common scenario better for dean smith the issue is that like you can't plan for those things how on earth do you fix that and how on earth do you fix that going into a game like southampton 
you know, you can't fix that overnight. If Villa had lost to West Ham and there weren't any defensive errors, okay, fine, right? If they had lost the game before, there weren't any defensive errors, just got outplayed, the team's kind of getting there, getting better. I think, okay, fine. Right. I, you know, I thought for parts of the Arsenal game, it was like, okay, you know, they got better a little, you know, in the second half or whatever. Fine. The Tottenham game, they got outdone by, by Young and Son. Okay, whatever. Right. But it's these silly errors which are happening every single game. And I just, this is why I do think Dean Smith genuinely will be gone by Christmas. And, I, and I'm, 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 making, I'm, I'm making that statement right now. It's not that I want him to go, but I've seen this happen before. When those errors begin, when those issues arise, you can't just expect them to get fixed. You've got to hope, you've got to rely on luck. You've got to hope that in one of those games, things just go well for you. That's, that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think I think Dean Smith's riding on his luck right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, see this, and this is the one conundrum when I look at the Southampton game in particular. Of course, Jacob Ramsey. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see him now. I think probably till the new year at this rate. They're talking about December, aren't they? Yeah, but by the time you kind of go through that, we know how injuries with Villa go. They get delayed. I mean, look at last season with Grealish. It was that. It was like maybe won't he for like a month. Um, and I can kind of like, you know what, if you're going to be injured for a while, I'd rather not risk you. You know what I mean? I understand that. But now the conundrum is, okay, you have John McGinn. Um, you would assume Dougie Louise, who I think we missed in that game, to be honest, will come in. You have Nakamba as well. I don't know what the hell's going on with Morgan Sanson. Um, I feel like, he, to be honest, I feel like he's just one that's going to be gone in January just because the way things are going. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, that's ridiculous, right? If Dean, if Dean Smith's got, got any sense and wants to save his job, right, this week I'll be having meetings with every single one of those players and, and be talking about, look, you know, what's the issues? Let's resolve them. You know, what do you need? Do you need more playing time? Whatever, right? Let's see what we can do about it. Right, because to be fair, to be fair to Morgan Sanson, he's watched Villa get steamrolled game after game, and he's not getting on the pitch. Now I get it, he's been injured, but he's not been getting on the pitch despite what's been happening. Yeah, you see, don't get brought on in midfield and stuff. We saw him against Chelsea in the cup too, like he was our best midfielder by a country mile. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So I I don't know, and like, Sanson has to play against Southampton. You would assume so. And I don't know, do either of you guys know anything about all the, the COVID stuff? I know Ings missed out too, and Triori, of course, was coming back through injuries. Apparently something with COVID. I don't know if it was one has it or if it's a contract or a contact tracing thing, whatever. I don't know if you know anything about that, Seb. Well, the club don't give the players, don't give the fans any real clarity when it comes to injuries because... It's, I think I think again it's you don't want the opposition to find out, but that you know, doesn't maybe, even, maybe that doesn't work anymore. Like I don't even understand. Oh, I mean it's it proved doesn't. that it hasn't worked because <laughs> we did know, it last exactly. season. Exactly. I can tell yeah, exactly. you I can tell you exactly the team that Smith's gonna put out this weekend. I could tell you that right now. Go Genuinely, on, I can tell you exactly the team he's gonna put out. Go, go for it. Provided um provided Louise is fit and provide provided Samson and Yeah, yeah, there's always those grey areas. Provided, provided that's the case, he'll play Martinez in goal, target, house, Twanzebe, cash across the back, Louise and Do you think he's going to keep Mings dropped? Oh, it's a good point. If Mings is, if Mings is back. <laughs> then he's Mings, is Mings, now. No, no, hold up. Mings, I don't think there was anything wrong with Mings. I don't No, then know. Mings will be back then. Maybe Mings and, Mings and Twanzebe and cash. Then you'll play um, Louise, McGinn, Nakamba, 
Bailey, Watkins, Buendia. I don't. Th- this is my issue with this. Louise and Nakamba. Yeah, that's a, what I was going to say. That's pillar. really defensive against a side that can't really score. But is it though? <laughs> oh no, he'll play, he'll play Ings. You might might well play Ings. But again, that depends if, if he's back. Four two or not. Yeah, he's exactly. going to play four four two. That's that's what's stopping me from thinking that. Yeah. Is it? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's so many. Like I said, we haven't been able to put out a stable starting eleven. You know, last season we could name our start when Grealish was fit. We could name our starting eleven pretty much every week, and that wouldn't change. He had his players, and he relied on them, and they played well under him. Now that we're chopping and changing, we're not too sure about what to expect. And although, yeah, the opposition might know not know what they're coming up against. If those players aren't performing on on the pitch, it doesn't matter who the opposition, what the opposition's coming up against, because we're not providing them with a test to shock them almost and I think that's where the trouble lies for me and I'd be interested to see if Douglas Luiz and Nakamba did start because I think Nakamba played well he just Um, needs a pass better oh my god yeah I I think he had a good game I think he was where he needed to be in the positions that he needed to be I I think he was one of the positive out of the game along with Matty Cash so it would give Douglas Louise license to roam forward a bit more. And I think that has been our main issue in recent weeks is our midfield is we've had the ball in defence and we've looked to play it through the midfield and we've lost the ball in midfield. And that's where we've been inviting pressure. And that's where the defensive mistakes have come from. And then in attack, we've been in attack and we haven't had the support from midfield to be able to provide bodies in the box with that attack. So they'd eventually come down to nothing. And then we'd have to start over again. I think the midfield has been a real problem. And there were shouts for, oh, we need to buy a new midfielder. We need to buy a new midfielder. Smith had faith in Ramsey and obviously the injuries occurred now. Hindsight, yes, we probably should have got one, but Smith obviously couldn't plan the injury and he had faith in him. So that's fair enough. I understand that. But we have to sort our midfield out because it's being run through week in, week out. That's where the problem lies. It's a centre of the park for me. We can't move the ball. I don't know if that's because maybe that's because too many. Maybe it's because Nakamba, Louise, and McGinn are all too similar. You know, they're they're all. There's no height. Like I know people go, oh, that doesn't matter, but it does. Look at West Ham. Every time we played it out from Martinez or the back, it was basically let's just bypass both midfields, hopefully, and then just lump it up to Bailey or Watkins and go from there. You look at West Ham, and that's scary because they've got. Thomas Suchek, who can cause problems in the air. They've got Antonio, who can cause problems in the air. They've got Kurt Zuma, who can cause problems in the air. Ogbonna, whoever may play there. Kufal, he didn't play um, on Sunday, but, you know, he's a strong physical unit. And Smith came out this season when he signed Bailey and he said, I believe that pace is what scares opposition. That's all well and good, but... If the opposition is just lumping it over you, then there's only so much you can do. And although people were going, yeah, we need a strong holding midfielder, you know, someone who has to be over six foot three, for example, you know, okay, come on, that doesn't necessarily work. We saw with Wesley, height doesn't exactly mean good technical ability. Let's just buy Um, a Czech player. It seems to work for West Ham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would genuinely, if I was Smith and he loves that five at the back formation, right? Target is not doing jack, by the way, at left at left wing. But does he right? love that five at the back formation? 
Well, he did, didn't he? Or was his hand it... forced into it? Well, I mean, uh, I didn't mean to butt you, you off. Play but... I mean, if, if he wants to play Ings and Watkins and he wants to solve the thing about having, you know, a number 10 there as well that's going to link up with the strikers. And that's my only issue with playing 4-3-3, by the way, is that Watkins and Ings, they will just get isolated. Right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, play, maybe you play uh, Bailey on the left and Cash on the right, right? And actually just trust your defence to do their flipping job. Um, you know, and then let maybe Chuck Womaker play behind Ings and Watkins. Maybe that's what you do. And then have the two midfielders just playing really deep. I don't yeah. know. That's what I'd like to see. Something well, like that. And if he's, and the thing with Smith saying that pace scares the opposition, or well, was Bailey the only player in the team that runs at anyone? Yeah, but he can't even run to like run at anybody because especially against West Ham, he might pull a muscle. Well, not, no, no, yeah, no. They put multiple players on him like they did against Grealish, and then we don't have anybody else to do anything. Yeah, but like <laughs> the, the difference between him and Grealish was Grealish could carry the ball down. He's going to pick up a foul or he, his hold up play there. What I noticed with Bailey, it's basically short little sprints of little trickery and movement, but it doesn't always work. And if you notice the way, especially our midfielder, and providing any support or really target or whoever there is around him. He basically runs down the flank, has nobody, and then we have to backtrack all the way I back. I said the exact same thing at the game. I, I turned around. I can't remember who I said it to. I think it was the person behind me. And we were talking, and I said, as much as it hurts, we miss Jack. Because this would be the perfect game no, for Jack to pick up the Jack. ball and run at the opposition. Because we, we had no one that provided that for us. We don't miss Jack, right? West Ham, West Ham took Jack Grealish out of the game last, last year as well. They did exactly the same thing to him. They blocked him off. They had two right-backs on him. He was eliminated yeah. from the game. All right, so... you he know, still scored, they, though. That's the difference. No, I get, I get that he did. I get that he did, right? But, but Jack Grealish also had other, other decent players around him who were somewhat in form. You know, he had yeah, a fully firing yeah. Watkins, right? By the way, Bertrand Traore doesn't get enough respect either. I don't know why he's been. I know. I know he's been injured, but when he's been fit, I don't know why he's been sat on the bench when he was our one of our best players last season. You Same know, when Jack Algarzi. Grealish came back, what's that? Same with Algarzi, To be honest, he got what? Yeah, but Algarzi's had chances, and he didn't. Do <laughs> no, but you consider the amount. I know a lot of his goals last season were penalties. I get that, but like we we know this. Bringing him on for thirteen minutes or whatever it is does nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you either, right, right. in my mind, you either start him or you don't play him because he's not someone who's going to do anything with five minutes or 10 minutes or probably even 20 minutes. But anyways, that's true. You can't drop target because you can't drop a fullback. You can. It's perfect. No, yeah, no, can. Listen, to, no, listen to me. Listen to me. You can't play target because you can't drop a fullback, but it's perfectly fine to not play with any wingers and just oh, stick right. the strikers up there, hope, you know, without true. anybody to create chances. I mean, that's, that's the approach we've taken. And you know when we've when we struggled, maybe the approach wasn't to just go three three or five at the back and and hope it's going to work. But look to your Algarzis, look to your trial race, tell them, look, you've been big players in the past. Can you come in and do something? Last season, when we had that final rally, when Jack Crane came back, it wasn't because of Grealish. Traore was our best player. Yeah, hands down, he was our best player at the end of last season. And Smith got his new got his new toys in Buendia and Bailey, and gone. Right, Bertie, you know you're your second fiddle here. Well, see, I mean, like, come we, on. we can't even, if you look at last year, and like, I, I kind of get what Seb was saying too, because I agree with it. And I, Seb, like, feel free to jump in at any point. I think this is what you meant, is we can't literally hold possession. And I'm not saying we need Grealish back. I'm just saying it was like, we can go down the left, we'll hold possession. We're going to get it back because of a foul or something, or we can move the ball around. Now it's, 
we're just going to run down the line, hoof it up there, hope for the best. Um, and, kind of. Yeah. I get, I, yeah, I get what you mean. I think, I think what I was trying to say is against on Sunday, there was nothing exciting from our possession. We never looked to go anywhere with it. Yeah, the one exactly. time that Wendy picked up the ball and he went past the opposition, we scored from it. But all the times that we hoofed it down the channel and Bailey was quick enough to get there, he'd do a few step overs, but then he'd turn back because he just had no support. There was, yeah. there was no one willing to make that undercut or overlap behind the defence and run in behind. He was having to play it back to target, who then took a touch, who then took it back to Nakamba. And then we started again. And I think that's what frustrated the fans at the time. Well, Funnily enough, right, when we were at our best last season, it was Grealish could get up there and Barkley was right next to him. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, and I think that's the thing too, Danny, when you brought up Triore. I think when you looked at last season with him and Grealish, it, it brings a lot of possession. It can kind of dictate momentum of the game, especially with the tempo that we play. We don't have anyone that can dictate tempo right now. It's throw it up there and just kind of hopefully smash through a wall. And if you're going to look at Southampton in particular, who don't concede many goals and keep things very tight and don't score many either, I uh, wouldn't be shocked if somehow they'd score like three past us the way that we're playing right now, to be honest. Yeah, three but three kicks. The, the, this is how I look at this. If if things with Maddie Target are kind of up in the air right now, this is probably the game you would want to play Ashley Young because arguably Southampton's wingers aren't necessarily that quick i think they could cope i think he could cope with that a little bit better rather than a chelsea or whoever i think if you're going to experiment and i know people are going to say well cool you have to at this point this is probably the game you do that because i think we can get away with it against a team that doesn't really have that much kind of goal scoring opportunity or kind of finishing power in them i think this is the game you have to and i know we could say that about any game but I don't know. I just feel like if we can't get something out of somewhere where like we're, we're scoring goals at times, like that's the issue, at least earlier on in the season. And now it's just like, I don't know. It's almost dumbfounded me. I feel like I'm just kind of going over what we said again, but I don't know. We've been going for a long time. Yes. (laughs) There's absolutely, there's nothing. um, There's nothing to analyze really other than I don't think the players are running hard enough. Yeah, well, that's shown in the stats, isn't it? Because I think we're second bottom to Spurs as not running hard enough. Yeah, I think we're bottom in terms of distance covered or something like that. I think I was, which is fine if you're able to move the ball effectively and get into positions. If if we were able to see the end product on the pitch, then I wouldn't have a problem with that. But there's no excuse for losing games and being turned over on the pitch and still not running hard enough. Yeah, True. what's happening is as well. It's like it's like dispossessions in midfield, right? You kind of get a pass kind of to one of our players who's kind of yeah, oh yeah, the ball's coming to me, it's fine, right? Then you might see Declan Rice running from the other Intercep- side, yeah, intercepting it. And it's like, hang on a second, when West Ham are passing it around, why why isn't McGinn doing that? Why isn't Nakamba doing that? You know, yeah. it's it's like it's like everybody else is like half a step ahead, and we're trying to walk this game. Well, and that's happening in the first half of every game. And it's the Premier League, boys. You're playing with the best in the world. I'm sorry, you cannot play at 95%. Yeah, I think not getting that midfielder that we really want, it's kind of, it's showing that we needed it. Because if you look at last summer, when we got Martinez and Cash and Watkins, we addressed areas that we needed to. Mm. 
I, I, you look at this summer, of course, Grealish leaves. We bring in Bailey, of course, and make a few other additions. I, it's that midfielder for me. We just, and it's been that way for the last, I don't know, as long as I supported Villa, really. We haven't had that midfielder that you'd sit there and go, is a, at least a seven out of 10 every game, or even a six. Like, it's just. Uh, and again, asked I, you Westwood. He was a five out of 10 every game. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, he's still in the Premier League, so that's saying something, I guess. But and then we I went know, down. Man. You you almost need like a you know just a, a regular midfielder who does his job fairly well. If someone you know, if says Sander Burge, like Josh... I'm gonna lose my mind. That's all I can say. I'm not saying someone that I want, but you look at like Burnley and they have like 10 of them, right? Like a Josh Brownell or something like that. Yeah, right? should have got Corne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cleverly does that job for, for Watford, funnily enough. But really, really, what you want is another Declan Rice. That's yeah, I mean, you want to produce a Declan Rice absolutely ran the show on Sunday. Easier said than done to get one of those, though. That actually, yeah, it is, it is, but yeah, isn't the way that we value Douglas Luiz? Isn't he supposed to be our Declan Rice? I guess. I, you know what, though, I feel like Luiz probably. I f- I feel like someone should be behind Luiz, or someone mm. should be next to him. I feel like, and this is, I kind of, if you ever think of when this is my best example that I can think of Premier League wise would be, I can't remember who was playing next to Cazola, but it was basically a DM with Cazola at Arsenal. Well, yeah, but they rotated them in and out. But basically all I can remember is of Coughlin was like terrible on the ball, but he could break (laughs) up play. You have Cazola next to the U that's basically a David Silva S that can ping it anywhere. And was massively underrated. I feel like Dougie Louise can be that, but he also has to be that defensive player to do both. We need a Dresa Gay. That's what we need. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Genuinely, or we need Jordan a Gay. No, yeah. he couldn't. He can't break a play like that, can he? No, he's more. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he's now more like Louise. Yeah, well, let's not go through the relegation season <laughs> again. I don't want to get sad. But anyways, um, guys. Should we wrap it up with that? We've been going for probably more than long enough, unless you guys have anything you want to uh, mention. I just, you I'll know ask. what I, I th- what? I'll ask something. Okay, ask it. Are you guys Smith in or Smith out? It's kind of hoping that wouldn't be brought up. But <laughs> no, you, tried to, you tried to sneak the entire podcast without, without, without it being asked. And you can, you can sit on the fence. You're allowed to sit on the fence. Okay, well, go ahead, Danny. Answer your Me. own question. Yeah, first. Danny, you can go first. You can set the tone. If um if we don't beat Southampton, that's five matches in a row without a win, right? I would at least be holding talks. I would at least be asking what's gone wrong, and at least be asking. <laughs> so are you? Why... <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, gen- genuinely, it's gonna you know it's you can't just you can't just sack managers willy nilly. But five defeats in a row is awful. Yeah, it is awful, right? True. So if the, unless I mean. I'll tell you, I've got one reservation. You know I've got one reservation, as I mentioned before the podcast, right? But the first thing is, if there's a be- if there's a better option than Smith out there, that's the first thing I've got to, you've got to consider. The second thing you've got to consider is, is there anybody else out there who knows the youth setup like Smith does and is going to bring through the youth players like Smith does? Smith Which is key. It we, is do key. Not, we do not want a career manager coming in. You know, I mean, I mean this with the utmost respect. Your Carlo Ancelotti's, your Rafa Benitez's, top top managers, mercenaries, win cups and everything. Yeah, you don't necessarily want them coming in, bringing an expensive signing after expensive signing, churning players out, whilst our most talented batch of under twenty threes 
just sits there and and doesn't and doesn't get a chance. That's what worries me, and that's the only thing which, for me at the moment, is keeping Smith around. Can I say one thing though, and then we'll get Seb's answer next. I'm answering last because I'm literally the producer of this, so I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of people mentioning Graham Potter's name, and I get the whole Villa fan connection thing again. But Brighton are flying right now. Why would he want to leave that? He wouldn't. I, exa- I just oh, I'm ma- not even addressing that. He wouldn't. No, it, it's one of those things where I think. And fair enough if people think, like, I, of course, I, I love Villa. I think highly of them. But I think people think so highly of that, that we're like, oh, we're like Real Madrid. They'll come to us. You know what I mean? It like, no. But everyone's going to be the same for their own club. You know, Newcastle, we've seen it with Newcastle fans. If you're a fan of that club, you'd, you'd like to give yourself the optimism that, yeah, we could attract the best managers. Yeah, you know, that's that's fans all over. But like Villa, Villa can still get better. Villa can still get better um, investment than Brighton can. Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, but it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Like it can happen. Yeah, but if you look at well, with Newcastle, I mean, they didn't want well, the Newcastle fans didn't want Steve Bruce, but like he went from what Sheffield Wednesday to Newcastle. Like you know what I mean? It is a step up, mm. but he finally seems to have the Brighton side that he wanted. And he finally has them playing the way he wants and they're scoring goals. And that was their biggest issue last season was converting those chances because they had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I but just, are Brighton gonna are Brighton gonna keep on getting that investment they're taking to the next level? Nah, let's, let's not go into it because we're gonna somehow turn this into that he's gonna it's gonna No, but if 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 Chris so if so if Graham Potter was available today, would you take him over Smith? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like and this is the issue because we the doubts in our minds, right? No, Danny, but we all know it and we can all admit it. If Project Restart didn't happen, if COVID never happened, we would yeah. have been in the championship and Dean Smith would have been gone. Yeah, but it did happen and we're not in the championship. No, so you can't look like that. No, no, no. But what I mean in the it's, sense... It's the age-old saying, oh, if my nan had wheels, she would have been a bike sort of well, thing, yes. isn't it? No, I get that. But what I'm saying is we go through patches. Yeah, and that's and the whole thing with Smith. That's exactly. that's been Smith in his whole managerial career. We had that ten match winning run, didn't we? We had that project restart. But why yeah. is it? Does it not worry you right now? Sitting here right now today, Brentford lost Dean Smith to us. We went and took Dean Smith off Brent, off Brentford. Sitting here right now, Thomas Frank has done a better job than Dean Smith. Yeah, it is concerned. With I, less investment. And I said this on our phone call um, on Sunday night, Danny. I think we had quickly. I think Dean Smith is more of a man manager, more of a, I wouldn't say he's going to give you a cuddle, but he's going to put an arm around you and try to make you feel better. <laughs> I don't see him as the all-encompassing he can do that and the tactics and this, that, X, Y, Z, whatever. And that's why he has the backroom staff that he had. To be honest, I think that's when you see, and of course we know John Terry wants to be a, a head coach or a manager in his own right. Fair enough. The one that I was most concerned about was O'Kelly because he has been with them everywhere, basically. And some, and I know they said it was, you know what, his role's diminishing. He didn't really like it, whatever could be other reasons. We don't know. But when you have someone that's been around Dean Smith as long as that, that's a major sign that something isn't blending there that should be. But anyways, 
let's get back on t- track because this is going to be one hell of an edit. Um, and it's really long. But anyways, hopefully everyone's enjoying and still listening. Of course, follow us. Thank you, Seb. Are you Dean Smith in or out? I hate asking this. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'd been going for so long. I was sort of hoping it would be therapy. The carpet. Um, I will back the owner's decision whatever way that may swing. And I know I'm getting pins and needles from sitting on the fence. I, I understand that and I can see it. But, he, yeah, he's under pressure. He knows that. You know, everyone can see that. He's under pressure. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do wonder, though, whether it's like a Wenger or Arsenal situation, Seth. Right? Yeah, it where, could where well be. Like, where, it's like, where it's like, you know, the manager himself may well be doing a good job. And he's just baffled as to why his players aren't performing. So Dean Smith could go tomorrow. New manager could go in and go, what the fuck have I inherited? Why aren't these lads playing football for me? Yeah. It's such a difficult one. And I think... You can be on the fence. It's okay. I think we all are. I'll be... Not forcing an answer. I'll be majorly disappointed if he went. For everything that he's done and for the way that he's conducted himself in his time here, I'd be... I'd be sad to see him go. However, if we could get the right appointment in, which is another major talking point, and we could go on for hours about it, but I won't get into it because I'll save Cole the editing time so that he can actually eat and sleep within the next 24 hours. But that's the problem is I look at the market and I don't see someone who can come in that would be a natural replacement and fit the ethos of the club I think there's more I think there's more managerial appointments ready out there at the moment than there are managers which is a problem and yeah I a lot of things need to be taken into consideration and that's my final answer fair enough um I'll make this short pardon Nuno? Nuno, did you say <laughs> did you oh. say Nuno yes you said Nuno Nuno would not get the best out of our squad Let's not. Yeah, I mean, Nuno, he plays Nuno a wing back. Not. So there you go. Nuno would not get the best out of our squad. No. Um, I'll make it short and sweet. Um, I'll say this is why I'm gonna say no. Of course, everyone can say he's earned the credit and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people, including myself, and I'm assuming you guys did too, to a certain extent, bought in. Like I said before, the the my club stuff with Grealish, the Villa fan captain, the Villa fan head coach. I think, and I'll be honest, I thought we would have that together for longer than we did. We were very lucky to be in that position for as long as we were. And maybe myself, I, I kind of sit back and look at it and think, okay, Cole, you weren't thinking correctly. You know how quickly things in any sport can change. And like I said before, I think we're just coming to the end of that. And now we just want results. Do I think he'll go after Southampton? I can't see it because, again, I just can't see who we're going to get in that's going to do a long-term kind of good job when you look at the way the academy's going and all that kind of stuff. And if someone says Eddie Howe, I swear to God, the guy thought Jordan Ibe was, like, messy. So let's not get into that. Um, if anything, it's a – for me, Dean Smith has it until the rest of the season, unless it's absolutely terrible. And it, you know what I mean? The wheels are absolutely off and there's no saving it for him. I feel like it's just you stumble into the summer and then you assess it when you have more times, people leave jobs and all that kind of stuff. I So for me, I'll say no. 
I'll, I'll give the only one answer. So that makes me look like I'm supreme, I guess. But anyways, but uh, anyways, guys, let's wrap it up there because we could go on for probably another six hours. And I would like to eventually at some point um, this evening actually uh, finish, go back to work and finish it and also eat and sleep. So um, thank you very much to Seb and Danny for joining me. Of course, if you want to find them on Twitter, you can find them in the descriptions below along with my own Twitter handle. Of course, um, donate to acorns people. It'd be appreciated. We'll really push that in, of course, in December when we get closer to kind of the final push and you'll see more things out on social media and on the website about it as well. We'll leave it at that. And of course, um, I should also say, leave a review on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. It makes it easier for others to find us. But anyways, we'll leave it there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this extra super long episode in the middle of the week. And hopefully we can come back on Saturday and Sunday and say three points to the villa. Things are somewhat good and I don't have to cry myself to sleep again. But anyways, don't forget uh, the villa as I say that weepingly. Goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 